turn with me to Romans chapter 1, and we're going to begin our study this morning by reading verses 16 and 17. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. If you're taking notes, this morning I have titled our study, Unashamed, Unashamed. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. When you were entering the church this morning, some of our um, ushers, our our deacons, they were handing out outlines. And if for whatever reason you didn't get one, all you have to do is pop your hand in the air and and they'll get you one. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. If you have it, what if you let me know by saying a big amen? Amen. That was pretty good. That was kind of big. This is what it says, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. The Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, As it is written, the just shall live by faith. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. These words were declared by what I like to call one of the great heroes and champions of the Christian faith, the Apostle Paul. You know, it's interesting, but before Paul converted before he gave his life to Christ. The scriptures teach us in the book of Acts that Paul, he was a persecutor of the church with great passion, with great fervor. He hunted down Christians and he threw them into prison. But as you read the book of Acts and as you get to Acts chapter 9, the Bible teaches us That one afternoon as Paul was traveling to the city of Damascus for the purpose of persecuting the Christians there in Damascus. The book of Acts teaches us that Paul had a miraculous, a supernatural encounter with the resurrected Christ. And from that day forward, we learn, we read that Paul's life completely, radically changed. He had an encounter with Jesus and his life changed. And as I think about that, I say to myself, isn't that how it always works? When you have an encounter with Jesus, your life changes. And that's what happened to Paul. He was a persecutor of the church, But he had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord transformed him and no longer would he persecute the church. But now he would establish churches. No longer would he try to stop the gospel. But now he would spread the gospel. No longer would he throw Christians into prison. But as the book of Acts so carefully teaches us, now he would be thrown into prison As a Christian and from the moment of his conversion until his death, the Apostle Paul, 
He lived a life completely surrendered, completely sold out, like I like to say, and dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you read the book of Acts, you see that God used this one man single handedly by the grace of God through the power of the spirit of God. God used Paul to turn the Roman Empire right side up for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was the Apostle Paul. He was a hero of the faith, a champion for Christ, a mighty soldier of the cross, a devout servant of the Lord Jesus, the Apostle Paul. He was an amazing man that the Lord used greatly. And here in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, I personally believe that these two verses, they give us a good summary of Paul's life. You might say these two verses served as the theme of Paul's life from the moment he came to Christ to the moment he was taken by Christ. I am not ashamed. Of the gospel of Christ. That was this man's theme. That was this man's passion. I'm unashamed of the gospel. And as I think about those words, as I read Romans 1, 16 and 17, I believe with all my heart that God is looking for men and women, young and old, like Paul, who are willing To be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That during these last days, before the return of King Jesus, God is searching for someone who is willing to stand up for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And who will be willing to loudly, boldly, passionately declare like the Apostle Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm unashamed. God's looking. God's searching for those who will make this verse the theme of their life. Listen to this, family. Now is the time to be unashamed of the gospel. If there's ever been a time in church history to be unashamed of the gospel, now is the time we're living in the last days. Amen? Sin is abounding. Evil is abounding. Iniquity is abounding. Wickedness is abounding. The enemies of the cross, they've arisen and they've declared war on Christianity. You can name all the enemies, Islam, atheism, Gnosticism, Darwinism, all the isms and squisms and fisms. They've arisen 
They've declared war on Christianity. And now more than ever, the world is unashamed of their beliefs. The world is passionate, is unashamed of their godless beliefs. You know, a while back, I was reading an article online on the news that really disturbed me. And this is what the article stated, that there was an atheist organization that they paid a a large sum of money to have this statement to be advertised all across London. And this was the statement. There's probably no God. Now stop worrying and enjoy life. There's probably no God. So stop worrying and enjoy life. But what was disturbing is that same article stated that there was another atheist organization who also paid a large sum of money to advertise this statement all across Washington, D.C. Why believe in a God? Just be good for goodness sake. And so we see that with great passion, with great fervor, the world is crying out, God does not exist. Jesus was a fraud. The Bible is full of lies. It's okay to sin. It's okay to live an immoral life. God is a God of love. And he's going to accept you just as you are. With great passion, with great fervor, with great boldness, the world is proclaiming their beliefs. The world is unashamed of their sin. You see it all around publicly displaying their sinful, immoral lifestyles with pride. And when I think of all this, when I see all this, this is the question I ask myself. What about us Christians? What about the Christians? What about the church of Jesus Christ? If the world can be so passionate and so unashamed for a lie, how much more should we be passionate and unashamed for the truth? If the world is so down for sin, if they're sold out for sin, how much more should we be sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ. How much more if they can be down, if they can be proud, if they can be passionate for sin, how much more should we be passionate for the gospel? And this morning, the Holy Spirit is telling us the church of Jesus Christ, wake up, wake up. Put on strength, Christian. Take a stand for Jesus. Stand up for the gospel. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed 
of the cross. Don't be ashamed of the resurrection. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit is telling us. That's the message that God is bringing to his church during these last days. Be unashamed. Be unashamed of the gospel. And this morning, the Lord put it in my heart to talk a little bit about being unashamed of the gospel. And I want to share with you in a very brief way, what exactly does that mean? What does it mean to be unashamed of the gospel? What's involved and what are the implications of being unashamed of the gospel? We all know the verse. We all can recite the verse. Many of us maybe have a shirt with the verse written upon it. But what does it mean? What are the implications? And so this morning I want to talk a little bit about that. And to do so, I want to share with you four points concerning being unashamed of the gospel. Now, let me just warn you before we start. These points are very basic. They're very simple, yet they're very practical and they're very impactful. Very basic, very simple. I'm not going to teach you something you don't already know. I'm not going to, you might say, bring you to a higher understanding of biblical theology this morning. But they're very practical and they're very impactful. And I want to share with you four points of what it means to be unashamed of the gospel. And so let's begin. And if you have your little outline, I did all the work for you last night. And you can just follow me and you could take out your pen. And if you want to write extra notes around it, or if you got your own personal journal, but write as much as you can, because our minds are limited what we could remember. So let's begin and let's look at the first point of what it means to be unashamed of the gospel. The implications first, you are unashamed to study the gospel. You are unashamed to study the gospel. Second Timothy 2.15 says this study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so first, what does it mean to be unashamed of the gospel? First, you are unashamed to study the gospels. You know, it's sad to say, but this is the truth. Some Christians, they don't even know what the gospel is. And some Christians don't even know how to effectively communicate the gospel. If we would take a survey in America today amongst Christians and ask them the question, can you tell me what the gospel is? Can you share with me the basic essential truths of the gospel? 
How many in that survey would say yes and how many would say no? Now, a survey like that has never been taken, so I can't give you a statistic. But I personally believe that many in America amongst the church would say, no, I can't tell you what the gospel is. And I think to myself, how as Christians, how are we supposed to be unashamed of the gospel if we don't even know the gospel? How can I effectively share the gospel if I don't know the basic truths and tenets of the gospel? And when I think about that, this is what comes to my mind as believers we desperately need to start taking the word of God seriously we must be students of the word don't be ashamed to study the gospel to study the scriptures and to dedicate time to the word of God don't don't be ashamed of that that is not a waste of time. Let me read with you some verses, and you don't have to turn there, but if you want to jot them down, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, this is what Paul says. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is profitable. Let me read with you another verse, and you can just jot it down. You don't have to turn there. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is living and powerful. Let me read with you another verse. John chapter 10, verse 35. Jesus said, for the scriptures cannot be broken. Let me read with you one last verse, Matthew 24, verse 35. The Lord said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Over and over and over, we see the importance. We see the power. We see the life that is found in the word of God. Of God, and we need to be students of the Word. We need to be unashamed of dedicating time to the study of the Scriptures. You see, it's in the Scriptures, it's in the Word of God that we learn the Gospel, that we learn the message of salvation jot this down for me you don't have to turn there but you can do it at another time first corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4 
in these four verses, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he shares with us what the gospel is. He shares with us the essential truths found in the message of the gospel. And this is what Paul says. I declare to you the gospel. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. Those are the essential components of the gospels. Jesus Christ, the sinless one, the lamb of God, the son of God, he died for the sins of the world. Jesus was a sinless substitute for the world. The Bible teaches us that all have sinned and our sin deserves a punishment. Our sins deserve a penalty. But Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came to this earth and he willingly went to the cross as a substitute for our sins. He died in order that we might not have to die. God crushed his son on the cross in order that he would not have to crush you. Understand the cross. Understand what was going on that Jesus drank the cup of the wrath of God. Jesus was a propitiation. What does that mean? That means that he was a satisfaction of God's wrath at the cross. God poured out his wrath on his son. Jesus willingly went to the cross as our substitute. But that's not the end of the gospel. That's pretty good news right there, you know. But that's not the end of the story. As we say, that happened on Friday, but Sunday is a coming. Jesus in the tomb three days on Sunday Jesus triumphantly, physically, bodily raised from the dead. He went to the cross. He died for our sins. But on Sunday, God raised him from the dead. It wasn't a spiritual resurrection. The same body that went into that tomb came out. On Sunday morning, physically, bodily, but a a glorified and a resurrected body. But that's not the end of the story. That's good news right there, too. Amen. But the Bible teaches us that after Jesus rose again from the dead for 40 days, he appeared to his disciples and he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. He ate, he talked, he walked. He taught his disciples 40 years, showing them, teaching them that it wasn't a ghost. It wasn't a phantom, but he was the resurrected Lord and Savior. And after those 40 days, Jesus ascended into heaven 
where he's presently seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf, and one day he will return to judge the living and the dead. And this is the gospel, okay? I said all that just to come to this point. Now, because of what Jesus did, because Jesus accomplish God's plan of redemption. Now, today, this morning, here at Templo Victoria and everywhere else in the world, all those who place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and accept his sacrifice on their behalf, they will receive forgiveness of sins, they will receive freedom from sin, and they will receive everlasting life. That is the gospel in two minutes. Amen. Amen. That's the glorious gospel that Jesus Christ offers salvation from the penalty of sin, salvation from the power of sin, and one day salvation from the presence of sin. And friend, it's not found in your good works. It's not found in all your prayers, in all your penitence in all your offerings and all your prayer and all your reading the word. It's only found in the cross of Jesus Christ. Salvation is of the Lord. It's by grace and we just receive it by faith. And that's good news. Now we could give the Lord a praise offering. <laughs> that is the gospel. That's good news. Me, a sinner, can be accepted and forgiven and reconciled and adopted and justified and forgiven by God. And not because of something I've done or not because I'm a good person. We're not. We're all stinking sinners. Amen. Amen. Hopefully I didn't ruin your day, but that's. What the Bible teaches, and that's what your acts confirm, and that's what your heart reveals, that we're stinking sinners. But Jesus is so much greater than our sin, and his blood is able to wash us and cleanse us and make us new. And that's the good news of the gospel. And listen to this, family. We got to know this message. We have to have it memorized. We have to know it like the back of our hand. So when it's time to use it, it's just going to come out. But unless we study it, unless we read it, unless we look into it, we're not going to remember it. And so first, what does it mean to be unashamed? It means you're unashamed to study the gospel. Let's look at point number two. The second thing I want to share with you, what does it mean to be unashamed of the gospel? It means you're unashamed to share the gospel. Now, notice first I said you have to study it. You have to know it. And then once you know it, then you share it. Amen. Okay. Nobody didn't seem excited about that. Mark 16, verse 15. Look at what the Lord said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. To every creature, Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And so we see that Jesus, King, Lord over all, he has commanded us, he has commissioned us to go 
into the world and share the gospel. There's no questions about it. There's no options. We've been given a direct command by King Jesus. And so we can't stay quiet. We can't keep our mouths shut, but we have to share. We have to proclaim the gospel at every opportunity. And so don't be ashamed to share the gospel. Don't be ashamed to share, to tell your friends the good news that is found in Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed. Don't be scared to share the gospel at every opportunity. Share that forgiveness of sins, salvation, and everlasting life is found in Jesus Christ. At every opportunity, share that God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die as a substitute for our sins at the cross. At every opportunity, share that at the cross, the Lord Jesus conquered Satan. Hallelujah. Sin, amen, and death. Glory to God. And he alone has the power to set mankind free from the slavery of sin. At every opportunity, share the gospel. Listen to this, family. The world, many of our friends, many of our family members, many of our co-workers, many of our neighbors are lost and they're going to hell. That's the truth. Without Christ, without a relationship with Christ, there's no acceptance before God. Many of our friends and family, our co-workers, the people you see every day at Walmart, at the grocery store, at work, at school, they're going to hell. And you have the message that can save them. They're drowning you have the message you have the lifesaver the only message that can bring salvation to the lost the only message that can bring forgiveness to the sinner the only message that can bring love to the forsaken the only message that can bring freedom to the slave the only message that can bring peace to the restless the only message that can bring healing to the brokenhearted. The only message that can bring hope to the hopeless. We have the message that is the power of God to salvation. And we can't be silent. Amen. Power of God. You take this message. Jesus crucified jesus resurrected jesus ascended lord overall you take this simple message and it's the power of god this message can this message will change lives as paul as me as alexis as tony as my brother Alex, ask around, ask yourself, amen? This message is the power of God 
to change someone's life in a radical way for Jesus. And we have it. It's at our disposal. And we need to share it. We can't stay silent. We just can't. And so second, what does it mean to be unashamed? You're unashamed to share the gospel to others. I want to just share this before we go into the next point. Don't be ashamed to share the gospel to others. But listen to this. This is kind of like a side note that I just want to get in there briefly. Don't be ashamed to share the gospel to yourself also. Listen to this, and this is probably going to blow some of you away, or maybe not. The gospel is not only for non-believers, but the gospel is for believers too. Every day, preach the gospel to yourself. Every day, you need the gospel. You need the gospel of Jesus Christ today, right now, this morning, just as much as you needed it the first time you heard it. You never outgrow the gospel. Let's say that together. Can we say that together? That is just such an important point. You never outgrow the gospel. You never outgrow the gospel. You never move from the cross. You never leave Calvary. You never leave the hill of Calvary. You never take your eyes off the cross of Christ. You never outgrow the gospel. I need the gospel today as much as I needed it the first day I got saved. You see, every day we got to remind ourselves that at the cross, Jesus has delivered us from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, that he has justified us in the sight of God, and now we are accepted. Tell yourself that Jesus died for you every single day. And tell yourself that it's only by the blood of Jesus that you're forgiven, that it's only by the blood of Jesus that you're justified in the sight of God. Tell yourself that every day. You want to know why you got to do that? Because every day your emotions, your mind is telling you that you're not justified. Every day your emotions, your mind, your heart is condemning you is reminding you of your past, is reminding you of your mistakes, is reminding you of your shortcomings. And instead of listening to your emotions, speak the gospel to them. Speak the truth of the word of God to yourself every single day. It will change. It will transform your life. You will walk in victory every day. Preach to yourself, Jesus Christ died for me. Jesus Christ was crushed for me. Remind yourself of the sacrifice. Remind yourself of the power that is found in the cross. You struggling with sin? You battling something? You feeling down? You feeling discouraged? Go look to the cross and find your deliverance. That's where the power is found. You never outgrow the gospel. 
you never, never, ever outgrow the gospel. It's the power of God. And don't be ashamed to share it. Let's continue. We got to keep going. I'm sorry. I apologize. I wish I could be longer on that point. But I can't. <laughs> I got to be faithful to the study the Lord gave me. Third, the third thing, what does it mean to be unashamed? It means you're unashamed to stand up for the gospel. You study it. You share it. You stand up for it. Look at Acts 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me. Paul saying, none of these things move me. I am not moved, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so as Christians, we must not be ashamed to stand up for the gospel. Don't be ashamed to stand up for what you believe you know what we call them convictions don't be ashamed to stand firm for your conviction let me tell you why we live in a generation and you are going to agree with me on this point on this sentence we live in a generation where everyone is falling after everything And nobody is standing up for something. Everyone is falling after everything. What do I mean by that? Simply this. Everyone goes with the flow. Everyone goes with the currents of society. Everybody goes with the trend, goes with the culture, goes with the majority. They're so quick to do whatever it takes to be accepted, to be cool to be popular and they're going with the flow falling for everything but as christians we have been called to go against the flow and to take a stand for jesus christ that's our calling that is what god has called us to do to take a stand for the gospel regardless of what people say regardless of what people do Regardless of what people think, we must not be moved. But we need to take a stand for the gospel. And this is my prayer, and this is what I desire your prayer would be. That God would give us the grace. And it's only by the grace of God that this is possible. That God would give us the grace To be men and women of conviction. That we would be men and women of conviction. What do I mean by that? Simply this. Men and women who refuse to compromise their faith. That we refuse to give in. We refuse to. To compromise. Even if it costs us, we don't compromise, excuse me, but with great conviction, 
with great passion, we stand up and we stand firm for what we believe in. And what do we believe in? The gospel of Jesus Christ. That we can be men and women of conviction that regardless of where you're at or who you're with or what mood you're in, that you would just be a man, a woman of conviction. And that you would say, this is what I believe. This is what the Bible teaches me. And I'm not going to move. But I'm going to stand firm. Conviction. That's what, that's what we need. You see, conviction, it's more than just a feeling. It's more than just an idea. But it's something that's just wanted to pound my chest. But I don't want to mess up this mic. Something that's just built in you conviction that you will not be moved and that's what we need to be men and women unashamed of the gospel filled with godly conviction in the midst of a fallen world where everyone is falling for everything that we would be unashamed to take a stand for Jesus Take a stand for Jesus. Oh, take a stand. You know, when you're at work, when you're at school, when you're at home, take a stand for Jesus. And when people question you, when people make fun of you, when people mock you, when people clown you, we like to say, don't apologize. Never, ever apologize for Jesus Christ. Oh, if there's one thing that just gets me upset is when Christians apologize for Jesus. When you're standing up for Jesus and someone mocks you, someone tells you something, and there you are apologizing. Oh, well, you know, it's just he's Lord of all. He's the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords, and you don't have to apologize for him. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel saddened. You don't have to, like, make up a story, you know, some excuse. He is Lord of all. Don't apologize for him. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry. That just gets me upset sometimes, you know. And God forgive me if I've ever done that. Because we don't apologize for Jesus. But we take a stand for the gospel and for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to finish with this last point. And I'm going to ask my brother Jonah if he would just come up and um, be up here with me. I'm feeling a little lonely up here. So I'm going to call Jonah up here. Just kidding, my brother. But the fourth thing we want to look at the the fourth point and we're going to end with this family what does it mean to be unashamed what does it mean to to be unashamed of the gospel fourthly finally you are unashamed to live the gospel philippians chapter 1 verse 27 paul says this let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of christ so what does it mean To be unashamed, it means that you are unashamed to live the gospel. You know, 
as I was preparing the study, as I was meditating all these scriptures and all these points and all these words I'm sharing with you, the Lord put this question in my mind, in my heart. And this is the question. The question is not so much, are we ashamed of the gospel? That's not the question, but this is the question. Is the gospel ashamed of us? Is the gospel of Jesus Christ ashamed of us? We might be unashamed of the gospel, and we might be very passionate, very loud, very charismatic, but the gospel might be ashamed of us. You know, we might be boldly declaring, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And after we say that, because of our lifestyle, the the gospel boldly declares to us, but I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of you. And so to be unashamed of the gospel, it means that we're living the gospel. It means that our lives are consistent with the gospel. In the Bible, the gospel is described as the gospel of peace. Romans 10, 15. Therefore, we must live with peace towards others. In the Bible, the gospel is described as the everlasting gospel. Revelations 14, 6. Therefore, we must live for eternity. We must live with an eternal perspective. Storing up treasures, not here on earth, but storing up treasures in heaven. In the Bible, the gospel is described as the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. Therefore, we must invest our lives into the kingdom of God. In the Bible, the gospel is described as the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. Therefore, we must live like Christ and we must live for Christ. Listen to this. It does me, Adam, no good. No good at all. No good at all to study the gospel to share the gospel and to stand up for the gospel if I'm not living the gospel every single day. It does me no good. It's all in vain. I can study all I want. I can be up here sharing all I want. I can stand up for my convictions and all that is good. Don't misunderstand me. But if I'm not living it on a day-to-day basis, It does me no good. The world does not need a new definition of Christianity, but the world needs a new demonstration of Christianity. And God wants to use us to demonstrate to this world what it means to be unashamed of the gospel. And this morning, I challenge you, by the grace of God and through the power of the Spirit of God to live your life in such a way 
that you can communicate the gospel without speaking a word. That your life would be the gospel, the good news of what Jesus can do to a sinner like you. And everywhere you go through your life, you proclaim, you declare, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to study the gospel, to share the gospel, to stand up for the gospel, and most importantly, to live the gospel. And to end, I'm I'm just going to say these final words, and this is how I want to end. Jesus, at the cross, he was not ashamed to be beaten for us. Jesus at the cross was not ashamed to be bruised for us. Jesus at the cross, he was not ashamed to be mocked for us. Jesus at the cross was not ashamed to be crushed for us. Jesus at the cross was not ashamed to be wounded for us. Jesus at the cross was not ashamed to be shattered for us. And ultimately, Jesus at the cross was not ashamed to be killed for us. If Jesus was not ashamed of all these things, why should we be ashamed of him? If he wasn't ashamed to be stripped naked publicly, tied to a pole, beaten to death, then forced to carry a cross to Calvary, nailed to the cross, hanged upon that cross for six hours, publicly, shamefully, painfully. If he wasn't ashamed of all this, why are we going to be ashamed to live for him. You know, this is something I tell myself every day. Jesus gave everything to me, for me. Everything. He didn't hold back nothing. He didn't hold back nothing to secure your salvation. Not one single thing. Shouldn't we do the same for him. If he did it for us, shouldn't we do it for him? Be unashamed of the gospel. Be unashamed of Christ. I end with this verse, Mark 8, 38. The Lord says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. Family, be unashamed. Let's stand and let's end in a word of prayer. This, this is what I want to do before we dismiss. I got I to gotta come up here to do with though. I, I, I believe that 
all of us, you know, after hearing this message, after listening to the word, I believe that a, a, a large percentage of us have it in our heart to be unashamed of the gospel. Amen? How many can say amen to that? We want to study it. We want to share it. We want to stand up for it. We want to live it. That, that's in our heart. But let me share this with you. Without the grace of God and without the power of the Spirit of God, we are not able to be unashamed of the gospel. Without the grace of God, without the power of the Spirit of God, you can't study the gospel, you can't share the gospel, you can't stand up for the gospel, and you can't live the gospel. It needs to be a work of God. And so this morning, this is how I want us to end. That's our heart, to be unashamed of the gospel. But we need more than just a desire. We need the grace of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to live a life worthy of the gospel. And I want us to end by doing this. If that's in your heart, if that's your desire to be unashamed of the gospel, I'm going to ask you to, to come on up forward and we're just going to end by receiving from the Lord. We're going to ask the Lord to give us his grace. We're going to ask the Lord to give us the power and we're just going to receive from the Lord. That, that's all we're going to do. And I'm going to ask my brother to lead us in a song and you can already start asking God for the grace, asking God for the help, asking God for the power. And then we're going to end with a prayer.